Hello and welcome to the Hippocampus podcast, a place where we discuss the strategies that help optimise learning. So join us for some grassroots conversations where we share some practical tips and insights that might just make your learning journey a little easier. In this episode, we are joined by Dr. Khalid Kareem. We cover traits of perfectionism in medical students and when this becomes a problem, and also procrastination and how to deal with it. Dr. Khalid Kareem is an associate professor in medical education at the University of Leicester, a consultant child and adolescent psychiatrist in Leicestershire Partnership Trust. Academically, he works with the Academic Support Unit and is a module lead on a master's in clinical education. He has published on a wide range of topics in mental health and lectured to a wide range of audiences on topics within mental health and neurodiversity. So let's join host Kish and Gaia, who are medical students. Hello, welcome back. How are, we, how are you doing, Gaia? I'm good, thank you. There's only two of us on today of the Hippocampus. I know, yes. <laughs> two of us hosts. We've got a very special guest. We've got Dr. Khalid Kareem, who's an associate professor in medical education at Leicester, and he's a consultant, child and adult psychiatrist uh, the Leicestershire Partnership Trust. Hello Khalid and welcome to our podcast. Hello there, thank you for inviting me to join you. You're very welcome, we're delighted for you to join us today, really excited to talk to you. Um, Our topic today is about perfectionism amongst uh, training medics but before we get started on that could you please just share a little bit about yourself, what drew you into your career specialty um, uh, as a psychiatrist? Okay, um, so I'm a Leicester University graduate, um, very long time ago. Um, so as an undergraduate, I found psychiatry interesting, but there's no way I wanted to be one. Um, so, and I did uh, an intercalated BSc in microbiology to do infectious diseases. It's a bit different, isn't it? Um, did my house jobs, uh, including that speciality, decided it wasn't for me, did six months A&E, then, then realised I like working with children, did two years of paediatrics, and during the last uh, six months of my placement, I had uh, a very forward-looking community psychiatric, community paediatric consultant who allowed me to spend some time in child psychiatry. And I realized that was my, uh, really suited me far better, the, how, how it works. And then I did, so I applied and got on the training program and went from there, really. I think that the, the what I took from this, and what I tell other people, it's a bit off the topic today, is that find something you like doing is your career yeah because yeah. otherwise it's just a drag I, I, what absolutely I also, what i also like is the fact that um you kind of weaved your way through the specialties to figure out what you finally like and i think that's something that i'll take on board as well to not just stick to oh, one no, it's, it's worth weaving around and also the so what's really been good is that the so a and e i think everyone should do a and e it's a really interesting experience yeah definitely that um, <laughs> and then Pediatrics has allowed me to develop a specialist niche area in um, child mental health. So yeah. I look at a lot of children with child medically unexplained symptoms as well as autism, ADHD, which is my main bit. So, so having a knowledge of pediatrics has been helpful. But I always advise, no, not quite the same now, but have a little bit of a winding career until you find the thing you really like doing. That's very good advice. My, one of my colleagues has done pediatrics as a career, got membership. Psychiatry is a career, got membership, became a consultant, and now GP. Wow, <laughs> very well-rounded, that is. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it fits in with how, we see, how I see medical education, really. So, 
We wanted to start off with the topic of perfectionism and we know that doctors have very high aspirations for patient care um, and they're highly respected members of society and we wanted to know so does that drive perfectionism in medics and is it an inevitable outcome in in doctors or people in this kind of profession? So, so I think I think first of all before you describe perfectionism the, the whole selection of medical students is is goes for a particular group of society mm. so you know and I've always I've always tried to tell my students that generally as very bright individuals you know with medical you are already outside the 95% confidence interval yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're the unusual ones and everyone else is the, is the not you know is the normal ones and I think that's that 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 carries with a lot of the traits medical students have so they have traits all different varieties of students I see, but they have, you know, I think there's certain traits which are encouraged in the application of medical school. So you're supposed to show that you're high achieving, but high achieving in not just medicine, you know, studies, but high achieving in outside activities and uh, leadership and all this yeah. other stuff. You get, you know. And so you, so it, it encourages a certain type of person, particularly when they go for certain, yeah. with A levels, which is science based. Humanities is is probably one of my interests in psychiatry, you know, and I think that that also, you know, I know there's more people doing humanities at A level now than getting to medical school, other routes, but but generally it's still the much the, the, the exact sciences. So by that we're attracting a particular type of personality. Yeah, because you have to have that form of discipline, I guess, to learn the sciences, to learn the facts, to practice the questions. Yeah. I think that's kind of ingrained in us what I found when I did my A-levels and you kind of take that forward, don't you? And like, what kind of traits do you think? So you mentioned there's a specific type of trait that these medical students have. What kind of um, examples of those traits do you think that we so, have? So yeah, you get, I mean, the, 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 most students who are listening to this podcast know that when people said A-levels were the hardest exams they ever did, they were lying, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, true. medical school and after about six or seven weeks, you go, Right. <laughs> and so, but the thing is, that up to that point, their perfectionism traits, that perfectionistic trait in the student, have been very valuable mm -hmm. because they've been able to achieve a very defined curriculum to a very high standard. But yeah, unfortunately, yeah. when they get to medical school and you're bombarded by a tidal wave of information, how do you learn it to that high standard? You can see that kind of, and, and what they've done is their revision techniques also mirror that kind of way of doing things. And they start getting stressed very early on because they want to do everything. Yeah. And unfortunately, because of the competitive nature, particularly deciles, yeah. you're then pressured even further to get it perfect, aren't you? So if you've got some perfectionistic traits, it's going to be encouraged in some ways. Absolutely. And I think the decile thing does bring about a big uh, talking point, doesn't it? Because even if you've done very, very well and you've achieved high grades at medical school, uh, you could still end up at a middle decile, but that doesn't reflect, you know, the level of performance that you've you've achieved. And I think that's a big thing, isn't it? Because you, you look at that and you say, oh, I'm in the middle or I'm towards the bottom. But actually, it's not about where you are relative to others. It's about performing well yourself and being being able to acknowledge that and uh, take confidence from it rather than be disheartened from it. So I definitely can see how that can kind of push into the perfectionistic traits and make them a bit, a little bit more harder to uh, manage, really. 
uh, as a medical to, student. But you've got to remember, when I went to medical school many years ago, mm. there were no such thing as deciles. You either yeah. got honours or you passed. Mm. So that level of pressure wasn't there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I know, because I was very, 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 very low ranking in the first year. I think I was number 100 out of 103 mm. at the end of my first year. But yeah. it didn't matter because I was aiming to pass. Yeah. yeah 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 and the thing yeah. is like when you look back at your career there's so much that you've achieved as well so that things like that really don't matter in the long run yeah. and i'm sure you can agree with me in that sense because you're probably sitting here like oh well i've done this much in my life i've helped so many people that mark that i got in my first year of medical school means nothing to me i think that kind of resonates with you i never found i found other exams after that but never quite the same well, I had a really good time in my first year, but um, <laughs> but, but, but the, the reality was that I think it's what you learn, and that, that, I'm sure you've done this in other podcasts, but it's what you learn from the failures is important rather than failures themselves. Definitely. And again, if you think about perfectionism, people must understand that they will always either fail in what they're doing or fail an exam or fail something. So again, that crashes into that concept of perfectionistic because again, yeah. a number of medical students have never failed anything really before they've got to medical school yeah i think it can be quite a shock as well when you do fail something and then you have to kind of reboot to get to that point do you think that perfectionism can be kind of an issue uh in like the medical school environment oh yeah yeah so so what we have is that it's this perfectionism in itself is, is a good thing so having certain amount of perfectionism will lead people to go to a high level of what they want to do so it's not about perfectionism per se. The problem is if it causes such stress in which to achieve it. Hmm. So when, you know, it's like, that even goes into doctors when they go into their life and future. You know, they, so I'm a child psychiatrist. It's not about reaching being the perfect parent. It's being hmm. a good enough parent. And that's yeah. the whole point. It's, you know, and that, that's a line is where are you good enough? Okay. So the perfectionistic element is... Um, is again a good thing but if it's putting too much stress on you and or you're not finishing your work um, so for example you're revising but you're only revising a certain amount of it because you are too because you're trying to get everything right mm. rather than seeing the broader picture then then you've got a problem and, and so uh, for me as a, a psychiatrist and interested in sort of academic sport and pastoral sport it's the stress it puts on people their own personality yeah. traits and how do they learn to manage those internal traits because there's, there's no definition of uh, perfectionism i think i read somewhere i put in my article is that uh, it's a state of mind where the individual sets very high standards for themselves and others which are difficult to meet or require exceptional effort and actually perfection itself is an impossible reality you can never really get there but actually if you watch some people they are des they're really really burning themselves out at an early point you know, they don't stay study through the night. They study enormous number of hours. I mean, it's sh it's repeatedly shown that you really only have concentration about for learning for about four or five hours a day, probably about four. The rest of the yeah. time, if you watch people, they're mess messing around and they're drifting off or procrastinating. Yeah, maybe <laughs> <tea>. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I can't help but think that. You know, when, there's a common theme, I think, which is kind of running through where I, something you said, which was really powerful, it, you said, it's not about being the best, it's about being good enough. And mm. I think the really important thing is our environment, because we're constantly looking around and thinking, are we the best? 
and we're surrounded by high-performing uh, students in high-performing environments with uh, high aspirations all of the time. So it's difficult to feel the best, but mm. I think it's much better, like you said, to just remember that we are feeling we are we are good enough. We don't have to be the best because it's such a high standard that we are subjecting ourselves against. I think that notion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. So you can. It's interesting. They take very high, you know, very high performing people, and then have winners and losers. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's really tough. It's really tough. I, I always joke, and I've always said this, that becoming a consultant is more of an endurance test than the test <laughs> of your own personal brilliance. Yeah. Because <laughs> you've got to get through all the layers. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Graduate exams and house jobs, or now foundation jobs, and CT training and ST training and this and that and the other. So it's much more of an endurance test than anything else. And you mentioned that word endurance. Like it, we wanted to explore the the link between perfectionism and burnout. And it's yeah. interesting how you use the word endurance to kind of um, associate this. There is this big pressure, and there is this kind of wearing down process and we have to be kind of tolerant to that do you think that perfectionism can lead to burnout and it can cause people to end up in those places so so in over my career as a psychiatrist i see lots mm. of young people you know who have sort of neurodevelopmental problems or mental health problems or things and and at the end of the day now i'm very much going for getting people to get a balance in their lives. And it's the balance that's, that enables you to have the endurance. It's to have fun, yeah. but work, work. It's, so, so sitting in front of your desk all day long, because you've got to get it right, is actually a real waste of time. You're better having a few hours, going doing something fun and coming back. So I've told all my students to, this, to make sure they have some time off first years, to have some time off during the summer, Christmas holiday, just for themselves because you recharge your batteries. But again, yeah. if you think about the, the perfectionist who doesn't believe that, that, you know, unless you get it all right, they drive themselves on yeah. and they never really get the rest. And if you don't get the rest, you get the burnout because your brain Absolutely. can only take a certain amount. Absolutely. And what, what kind of advice would you give to students who are sitting at home now, they're listening to this and they're thinking, they can kind of catch themselves, they're thinking, that's me. That I'm the person who is going upstairs and, and burning myself out because, you know, I'm, I'm putting myself through too much. What kind of advice would you say? Because they, they might have heard it before, you know, recharge your batteries, don't overdo it. But what, what practical ways can they kind of change that outcome so that they don't end up burnt out? Okay, so there's lots of, lots of parts of that question. Mm -hmm. The most important thing is be true to yourself and realistic okay so yeah. understand how your brain thinks is actually really important because it's the one thing that's going to allow you to recognize your own drives yeah okay because unless you because it's like anything else unless you recognize there's a problem you're not going to do anything about it mm. so you know and the cause of perfectionism are, are huge you know so some people fear failure some want to uh, can't manage the judgment of others your friends might be doing better or your parents are might expecting you to do really well um, you you might be one of those really competitive types where so you're competing against each other you know I want to be in the first decile or second decile and, and actually 
at the end of the day, it probably makes very little difference in the big picture of things. Um, you know, you, you know, I, I want to be that person that's doing well, or, you know, otherwise you might have poor self-esteem. You might not think very much of yourself. And the only way you get your esteem is through your work. So, so that's, so they've got, they've got to recognize where they fit in that. And the other thing is we're seeing lots more students now who on the, who've got traits or, or on the autistic spectrum. And, and that, that's a sense of, you know, and for them, it's a sense of completeness. Um, so again, you, unless they feel it's completed, then that, that thought that leads to perfectionism. So, so, so you've got all these reasons why you get, you know, why you may have this problem. And then, then you've got to think about your thoughts about the world, haven't you? You've got to really think, how, why, why am I really doing this? You know, how can I recognize them doing this? And the best thing to do is actually ask other people, ask friends, ask family, you know, ask, you know, you know, ask people, to, you know, do you think I'm a perfectionist? Because it's sometimes hard to recognize in yourself. And, you know, you've got to think about it. Am I being realistic about what I want to do in that time? Okay, so I've got this amount of time. Am I being realistic? I'm going to learn my entire anatomy in the day. Yeah. Um, is my thinking very black and white? So, mm. so you know, unless it's perfect, it's not right. Um, do I catastrophize very quickly? Uh, a lot of perfectionists will procrastinate because they, they don't want to face the failure or the thought of failure. So put the task mm. off to the last minute. Yeah. That's the link perfectionism procrastination. Yeah. So, uh, or they may have difficult. They have the difficulty finishing the tasks. You know, they take longer than they should do. Um, they never feel it's complete. They never feel they've done a good project, okay? Because they feel they could have always done more. I mean, a lot of people like that anyway. Mm. But you know, is that feeling it, it again comes back to good enough? And yeah. or, or, or my best favorite one is when they generate lots of to-do lists. To-do to -do lists, yeah, they can be a killer, can't they? Yeah. Especially if it's very specific. Um, I, I oh, yeah. used to be like, I kind of resonate with that in terms of GCSE time. Like mm -hmm. I would make sure like I'd go through like this part of my textbook or do this part of like the essay or whatever. And my to-do lists were very long and I did get through them and it did allow me to do really well. Um, but I was knackered by the end of my GCSEs. <laughs> and luckily we had a big holiday to kind of recover from that. But I learned that I was, I had to kind of just go, the day I was revising, I had to kind of feel how, how tired am, am I? Um, do, what kind of work do I want to do? Do I want to do reading? Do I want to do questions? Or do I want to watch a video? So then I was more flexible and that kind of has helped me get through. So just like you said before, being in touch with how you are as a person to kind of aid how you kind of work to like reduce I mean, it, burnout. It is a state of mind. I mean, yeah. again, I'm not suggesting everyone do this, but before the day, the night before finals, me and my housemate went for a curry. Nice. I like that. <laughs> she went, oh, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> What's going to be with me? But that's a real state of mind. Yeah. yeah. Put it in a more relaxed state of mind the next day. Instead you know, of cramming so, almost like the night exactly. before. Yeah. And, and that's been shown not to be, to be really effective at all. But if you think about what you said, you made all those lists for your GCSEs. Yeah. But if you come to Leicester, you know, or come to university, do medical school, you get this tidal wave of work hitting you. <laughs> Yeah, your to-do list system doesn't really work anymore. No, it? it really doesn't. No. There's no point making one because there's too much. No. <laughs> so I don't even know. You're what... already drowning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the day even before you start, you're already drowning. So there's no point making a list of everything that you need to do. I end up prioritising things. That's what I end up doing. And I think for those students who are starting medical school, they've got to realise. 
I think everybody felt they were drowning at one point. Okay. And yeah. you, you kind of knuckle down and get on with it, but there was definitely a drowning feeling yeah. at various points. And there are parts of the curriculum you will hate. Yeah. 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 And I think Real physiology. It's, it's, it's good that you mentioned that because for people who are listening, like I never realized that I was going to hate, I thought I was going to love the whole of medicine with the whole of my degree, but there are aspects that I just don't want to be revising, but I have to find an exciting way to do it. And hearing that from you as well, you know, cause you've achieved so much, you've like been working for years and years and years. It's kind of reassuring even to myself, just as a reminder to like not worry too much. You sometimes hate it, but sometimes you've got to realise it's just a grind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and it, there's so many different topics in medicine, isn't there? We can't enjoy them all. And that's yeah. where, like we said in the previous thing, you've got to go, go back to the narrative of why am I doing this? Because yeah. I believe in X, Y and Z. and I believe I want to be this person. And then it helps. It help, that's how I get through the stuff that I really find very dry because I can visualise myself being this doctor or this surgeon or this psychiatrist and uh, imagine myself doing those things and I know that I have to get through this Krebs cycle to be that person and, and, and stuff. You mentioned Krebs cycle and my heart was like sinking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, I mean, it's very important uh, for paediatrics but embryology. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think well, the more you learn it it's exciting. I think I think the more I learn it the more I understand it so by the end of it I was like actually this is quite interesting but at first I was like this is horrible <laughs> one question we wanted to ask it and then I know you did touch on procrastination you've explored the link between the two of if someone's a perfectionist then they might put off doing things because they can't get it done sort of perfectly um along the same line of thinking what what can someone do to help their procrastination because it, it really is i was looking at some studies about 90 percent of students can procrastinate uh, prior to exams so what advice would you have to helping with procrastination so, so if i go back to perfectionism versus linked yeah way to manage again it's a state of mind you've got to accept that you know what's the worst that can happen if you don't do it be perfect and what's reasonable okay and ask other people to say what's reasonable so you get a, a guide yeah because what you want to do is take the pressure off yourself because people procrastinate for a whole number of different reasons so you know so some people are, i mean the, again it's, it's understanding that we all procrastinate and it's part of nor normality you know and we all put things off we don't like the question you have is if it becomes a problem it becomes an impairment so is it stopping you achieving what you want to do because you're always putting things off you know and and the question you have to and then again it's that questions reasons why people procrastinate you know you may think it's like boring or very difficult so you don't do it yeah you not see the point of it okay there may be lots of distractions around you it's much nicer to do that um it's like um you know so i'm interested in adhd but adhd is like an ex extreme form of procrastination in some ways because it's not really attention deficit it's interest deficit okay you're just not interested enough a lot of people yeah. with adhd are really interested in certain things yeah. and they're hyper focused on it whereas with so but they what they are interested in is the boring things okay so if you think procrastination often is there's a reason for it, it might be you don't know interested or it might be too much or too overwhelming 
so you don't want to face it because it's like opening sort of pandora's box isn't it yeah okay yeah. so and there's no reward for getting for it and and actually some people are really self-sabotaging on a more psychological level some people procrastinate it's almost self-sabotage i always wonder about those students who procrastinate and i always ask them do you really want to be a doctor why are you not why are you putting it off what what's what's stopping you getting into it is it is it when you open it you realize how much you don't know is it you really want to do it and and again that's related to motivation the other thing can, to consider come back to your point earlier kishan about burnout yeah. people may procrastinate because they're too tired to do the task or have other health problems yeah. student yeah. mental health is a big area at the moment yeah you know so actually are you procrastinating not because you don't want to do it but you're too hard an expression knackered to do it that 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 seemed fair what was your question again so go back to it <laughs> yeah no no that's that's very valuable thank I'll, you I'll you you've explored a lot of the reasons why people procrastinate and i think that's really helpful because like you said the first thing is is people procrastinate and it's almost part of normality but is it affecting you is it stopping you achieving your goals and is it impairing you know you you to be able to do the things you want to do and i think that's a huge point because just knowing that small amounts of procrastination is normal and then when it becomes a problem that's when you know we need to try and seek help or try and talk out and say you know ask your friends ask your family and really think about what's happening and try and address you know the reasons why and, and what you described there Caleb was really helpful because I think almost everybody will be thinking whether they procrastinate and almost everyone will have a reason or two which might explain it so that's uh, that's very valuable can i make my point chronic procrastinators leave everything mm. to the last minute you know everything's left to the last minute and there's no the one model i work with internally on that is again coming back to interest you, you sail along with your brain not reaching a kind of a point where it's interested enough into the task mm. and but then as the time approaches the deadline your anxieties go up a bit <laughs> okay yeah. and you suddenly go above that point where your brain suddenly gets interested the chronic procrastinator that sometimes at that, that point where they get interested is much higher than other people's so it takes right. a lot further along the curve to get to that point yeah, yeah. see where i'm coming from yeah i yeah, can kind yeah. of visualize that almost in terms yeah. of like your average person who procrastinates versus someone who really leaves everything to the last minute so that makes sense yeah and, and actually if you ask them what's it like further would you know further away from that deadline they say i just really can't be bothered i'm just not interested because their brain and they, say, and they often say i can't do it i've sat down to try and do the work but i can't do it and it's because their brain is not aroused enough it's not interested enough in the task and the question you have to ask you for revising is how do you get your brain interested yeah, yeah. so that's about working in groups and working yeah. that's why we say now work in groups work in teams have study buddies who can test you and get you more actively learning about it to get so you're not stuck in this i've got to rely on my own brain you kind of use other people to kind yeah. of fuel your enthusiasm for something exactly. yeah, that's that's really important because i think i mean both kish and i we i know that kish you like working in groups a lot and i used to work yeah. in groups a lot at school but less so now but i do have people that i can go to and like let them know like look i've got this much stuff to do by this time I'm going to get this done and I'm going to tell you if I feel the fear that I'm going to procrastinate because I don't like that topic. So I think you've highlighted a really important point there. Is it, is it easy to procrastinate in groups though? 
is that a, oh, yeah, group is that a problem? Yeah. Um, I, what was really interesting is um, as I've gone through my career, mm. I've seen the amount of psychology and sociology in the undergraduate course reduce. And personally, I think that's, I can understand why some of it went, there's no doubt about it. But, but actually the whole concept of group dynamics, social cohesion, is really important for explaining the behavior of COVID. COVID's identified, it's not the fact we have a don't, it's not the fact that people um, are told what to do, it's they don't do what they're told to do. So people, and because the more people that don't do it, the more they don't want to do it. So if, you had, so if you're in a group that don't all procrastinating, you'll feel safe together. Mm, yeah. because you know if he's not doing work then i'm not going to do work yeah so both because it's all together. kind of yeah. yeah and so the group thing um I, it's all about the cons i did talk the other day on stress and that you know i say at the end of the day we're just basically monkeys and with, with a social monkey we do what everyone else does <laughs> no, if, them, everyone, if everyone gets their phone out in the lecture you can watch everyone around them get the phone yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i think that's something that i might pick up on next time if we ever arrive in a lecture theatre, especially in the Never again. No, what you do, simple experiment is walk along the street and suddenly look up. Oh. <laughs> and you'll watch how many people around you will look up. <laughs> That's a good experiment to do. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're all driven uh, unconsciously on that. Maybe but coming back to procrastination, I think it's, I think, you know, you need to realise that people need to realise there's a problem and they need to figure out a way. And there's loads of stuff online on how to help procrastination. But the, you know, but you know, so the you know, different you know, set of things you can do. Often do the most difficult task first. You know, yeah. so people put last. So do the most difficult task first. Yeah. And that's, yeah, yeah. that's why I said they said the book by called Eat That Frog by Brian Tracy. It's a Brilliant. tiny book, but it's only good. It's, it's only a very thin book. It's good for procrastinators. It's so thin, <laughs> but it, but it's got lots of tips on that whole concept. Do the worst thing first. Yeah. Um, okay. And the other the other option is. Well, if you've got a project or you've got um, your time, break your time in smaller chunks. So if you've got two hours, say, what am I going to achieve in the next 15 minutes? So, it's, so you're not saying, oh, I've got two hours to work now, because that's, a, that's, a, that's dreadful. Because you say you've got two hours, a chronic procrastinator will procrastinate for like 90 minutes. And then half an hour left. And you're like, yeah. oh, well, let me open and my And anxiety's gone high enough, exactly. Yeah. So if you say, what am I going to achieve in the next 15 minutes or 10 minutes even, it sets that kind of internal boundary mm -hmm. do you see make the stuff yeah. interesting to improve your concentration you know and then the other thing to do for procrastinators is reward themselves at the end yeah definitely do something positive that you only get if you've done it yeah that's, we I think that's solid advice that's, yeah that's very helpful thank you so much um Khaled, for all of your great insights and tips and i think all of our listeners will be listening to this and be finding it really helpful. Um, so we're really grateful to uh, have you come on. Mm -hmm. And we're moving on to the part of the show where we'd like to give uh, our listeners a recommendation. So do you have any kind of, I know you alluded to one earlier, do you have any recommendations that our listeners um, should read or have uh, as a result? So there's Eat That, Eat that Frog by Brian Tracy. Um, that's a good book. Um, the Anti-Procrastination Mindset is another book. Okay, it's got lots of ideas in that. And if anyone heard of Ryder Carroll, he's, he's designed something called the Bullet Journal. The Bullet oh, Journal is yeah, better for people that. with ADHD. There's loads of stuff online about this. But mm -hmm. Bullet Journals teach you how to organise your life into what's important and what's not. 
because they're going to procrastinate as we'll do the things which are not important. Mm -hmm. It might be important to them, but not really important in the big picture of things. Brilliant. So thank you so much, uh, Dr. Khalid Kareem, for your expert advice and your recommendations. If you enjoyed our podcast, please leave us a review and give us a follow on Instagram at the Hippocampus Podcast or Twitter at Hippocampus underscore pod. And if you've got any thoughts on this episode or ideas for any future discussions, please send us an email at hippocampuspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you.